At the time of this recording, the world is in the midst of a viral pandemic. Many people are afraid. Many people are in isolation, voluntary or otherwise. Some are sick or will become sick, and indeed some are dying. In this special series of the Guru Viking podcast, I ask my guests how to work with fear, anxiety, and panic. How to work with isolation. How to work with sickness and death, and how to help others who are also having those experiences. Neither I nor my guests are medical professionals, and this podcast is not medical advice. Fear, sickness, and death are perennial human experiences, and it's my hope that these episodes will be of use not only to those who are being affected now by this situation, but also of use to others beyond it. So, Barcha Dorje, thank you so much for joining me on this special edition of the podcast. Nice to see you again. Let's get straight to it. Many people are worried. Some are experiencing fear or panic about this situation. What would you say to somebody who came to you and said, Barcha Dorje, I'm afraid, I'm panicking? I would say relax. <laughs> because the panic is not going to help. Actually, the panic will make you more vulnerable. You know, if you go into your flight and fight mode, you know, and the adrenaline and your cortisol levels go up, you're actually more vulnerable for all kind of diseases. Um, it has an effect on your immune system, especially when this is a long time. When you go in your adrenaline um, for an hour, I mean, that's quite natural and that, that's, that's all right. But uh, you have this for days and days and you keep on feeding yourself a conception of mind and... Um, out of proportion information, um, you're just going to make it worse for yourself. Do you have a particular method? Yeah, method for relaxing. Well, I would choose the method you're most accustomed to. So it's depending on what spiritual situation and uh, school you're practicing. And then I would choose the practice you have most result with. I mean, most uh, lineages um, of spirituality or religion um, they have a, a way of dealing with um, emotional coping strategies. And I think you need to go into that, you know. I, I mean, um, um, the most simple way is just go into meditation and then look at the emotion and then, uh, and then um, transform or liberate it um, by not feeding it and just see what, what it is. Um, so you can deal with it in that way. Um, you can do uh, deep breathing exercises. Uh, some lineage are very strong in that. There's different mantras that are specific um, for healings. Uh, um, they're all over the internet, um, depending what school. If you do practice a mantra, I would just choose the mantra you have practiced the most, because then you have the power of mantra. Um, so whatever you choose, uh, if you are within a spiritual or religious uh, lineage, um, I would take one of those and, and go for it. And the more calm you become yourself, the more that will be part of your radiation. So the more you have an influence on, on your surroundings, uh, atmosphere or, or, or whatever. Um, I would say... You know, be aware, be careful, the thing goes around. So uh, do wash yourself, uh, your hands, um, where you touch, uh, in, in the same way that you are careful in traffic. You know, you follow certain rules in traffic, and then it's less likely you're going to be killed in traffic. 
um, it is very similar. So you get as much information as you can. Um, and then, especially when you have uh, people that are vulnerable, like for example, my dad, he, uh, he has a lung cancer and one lung is taking away. So uh, he's quite vulnerable. And so uh, if my family members would visit him, um, they would be extra careful because he's more vulnerable. Um, but for most people that are in a normal, healthy state, just going to be in a, a form of influenza. Could you say something about mantra and how it is that using a mantra regularly accumulates, as you put it, mantra power? Could you perhaps talk a little bit about that? Some people will have certainly heard of mantra, but not everyone will have used it. And it's not a technique, I think, that's so commonly taught in a lot of, say, more mindfulness traditions that people may be familiar with. The main principle is that um, enlightened energy, enlightened beings um, in the physical or non-physical have left um, a group of words, or sometimes with a tune, sometimes without a tune, with a depiction um, how that would manifest in the physical world. Um, that's of course filtered through a culture uh, on the level of inspiration. So you're accumulating an enlightened energy um, that you feel a connection with. So there's like uh, a lot of symbolism, there's a symbolic language. There's normally an envisionment text or a sadhana text around a certain being. And it's, it's a bit like, um, let's say I'm a teenager and my uh, parents are really angry and I slam the door and I say, you're an idiot. So all the depictions of Michael Jackson are there, right? So those are the, um, I call the tankas. And then you put your CD in there, which is the, the mantra itself, with it's tune. And then you start tapping into that. You have seen it in a concert. So you know how it feels, there's a certain feeling. And then you start doing the moves, which is the chum. And then somehow that will give you a different feeling because you're tuning in to someone else's um, energetic signature, if that makes sense. And so it's a bit like that. But then it's within an enlightened energy because as normal life, distorted life, the way we perceive it in our physical apparatus, um, a light energy has also many facets. That's why there are so many different yidams or awareness beings. And, and so, um, and they have specific, um, as a secondary effect, they have specific secondary effects. So, for example, the Doja Purva is very good when there's obstacles. Um, and so there's, there's a medicine Buddha or the Doja uh, God Trap, which is a more raffle manifestation of open healing practice. Um, so you can enter into that. But then, if you have not practiced that, then it will have less effect. It's a bit like um, if you don't like someone and you keep on accumulating the bad things, it's going to be impossible to see the good things. Because whatever is good is good, you're going to filter to your bad attitude because you have accumulated that. The more you accumulate that, the more that you're going to see that aspect of that person. So Yidam practice works a bit like that. So you see a certain Yidam and you read the description 
and the, the symbolic activities. And then uh, there's a feeling of resonation. And then you just enter into that feeling. For me, it was a bit like when I was a teenager and I went to the first Bruce Lee movie. So, so then I came out and I felt, I didn't have to visualize myself like a skinny Chinese, you know, but I came out and I started walking out of totally peripheral apprehension and then I started kicking those street lights out. You know, you could do that in those times, they went out when you kicked them. And I was totally Bruce Lee for a moment because I was so tuned in to the character played in that movie. So um, I think mantra practice works in, a certain, in that certain way. And then, of course, there's also within a language, the whole culture is in it. So if you go to a Turkish, an English, a Dutch language, it has grown with a culture. And actually, um, the way it um, transmits or expresses itself, the whole culture and the history is within it. So with those mantras, it's a similar way. So if I go somewhere and I take a picture of my wife and children, I don't have to remember everything of my wife and my children. The moment I take it out, when I'm away from them, and I look at the picture, the whole story is there in that one symbol. And so by practicing that symbol, you tune into that whole story. Which is connected with a, a specific aspect of the light and energy. I think that's how that works. Thank you. That's fascinating. So people are falling sick, people fall sick, people become sick. What would you say to someone who came to you and said, Barcha Dorje, I've just been diagnosed with a sickness, or Barcha Dorje, I am sick? Try the best you can within the circumstances. It's not only with the corona virus, it's with any disease. When you have cancer, when you're um, a normal influenza, and um, whatever sickness there is, you know, um, you have to keep it real see what the, the masses are, and then, um, then you have to deal with it. I mean, you, if you're sick, you cannot not be sick. You know, it's, um, and then give information also to not affect other beings in your family and things, and, uh, and then do the best you can. It's like when you have a flu, what are you gonna do when you have a flu? I mean, there's still more people dying from a flu than dying from this particular virus. It's just we feel very insecure because um, we haven't found a way of dealing with it yet. Um, and I think that's that's the, the main fear. Uh, I think most people by now know um, that they're probably not going to die from it. It's just everyone has someone in the family that is within a risk group. And so that's where the fear is. And then also it's very difficult to um, define if you're going to have it or not. Because some people have hardly any symptoms, so you can still be transmitting it to many people while you have no awareness of it at all. And, um, and then, of course, nowadays within the social media, things go really fast, which also creates the fear and, um, and the panic. Um, so if my family would be sick, you know, we would just care for them, but also say what are the dangers and what's the best way to, to deal with it. You give them love and, um, and then um, 
yeah, it's um, personally I would not 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 lock them up and uh, be totally afraid. But then if I choose for that, I would not go to my dad, for example. So then I would be more aware who I'm gonna meet, or if I go to work or or things like that. So it's uh, yeah, I think compassion is is important and recognizes it just just a disease like any other disease, you know, and then when one of your family members has it or one of your friends, then um, you need to deal with it in the best of your capability, or whatever that means. What would you say to somebody who, who came to you and said, uh, Barja Dorje, I think I'm dying, or Barja Dorje, I am in fact dying? Yes, and we're all going to die. And, you know, there's a whole new life coming in, you know, it's, um, in whatever belief system you're, you're talking about, you know, and um, find peace within that discomfort, you know, because, well, in the, in the Buddhist um, uh, teachings, I mean, this is not the only life, you know, there's many different forms, you know, we arise, it's like going to sleep, so you just wake up in another body, whatever that means. Um, and then I would also explain the more relaxed you are, um, the better you're going to enter into what is next. Um, the more you panic, um, the more that will become a problem um, because you're somehow holding on. And I would explain that this is a, a transmission, but I would be really real with them. You know, um, Ultimately, we don't know if it's going to be okay, but we all will die, you know, it's uh, one just sooner than, than someone else, you know, and I would say that I, you know, love them and uh, feel for them, I can do a practice for them, but the main thing is, especially in the moment of dying, is, is your state of mind, that's actually extremely important. Because then you can keep a more relaxed awareness. It's a, it's a bit like um, um, if you have a metaphor. Let's have a metaphor. So most people lose consciousness when they die, in the same way that most people lose consciousness when they fall asleep. Um, so when you're unconscious, mostly also when you're conscious, um, you make your choices the way you've patterned yourself, like attraction and indifference. And, and, and so, um, so let's say there's a big hallway, it's full of doors. You know, if you're in a relaxed state, you can kind of feel your way into it. But if you feel haunted, you're going to take the, the, the first door you can find, you know, and open that. And so that there's um, more speed and you need to decide quicker. So it's much more like action-reaction in a very fast way. Um, this last time to um, feel your way into it. Um, I don't know if this is true, but that's how I feel it. But um, yeah, um, I have no fear of that at all, personally. Um, I'm actually quite curious about it. Um, but I also love my life, so it's not that I'm going to leave this life or something. But I think what people have done, how they act and react in... Um, the waking life 
this is mainly how those patternings continue. So even when you don't find your liberation in this life, um, the way you react on situations um, will not be that different when you make a transition. You will have the same reactions on difficult situations, non-difficult situations. Um, and so the more you have practice in this waking life, um, to remain calm or, or um, not being carried away by external situations, you know, it doesn't mean you can't feel sad or anger or whatever, but it, it's a, you don't dwell on it. You know, you just see it as part of your life. And, you know, sometimes there's sun, sometimes it's overcast, sometimes it rains. This is part of life. You know, the bad moments also give contrast that the good moments are more felt. Um, and I think you should explain that to people. And, of course, people that are on a spiritual or religious path, they already have a method of um, practicing with that. You know, like I used to have very knee-jerk responses and I practiced with that. So I just trust that when I die, because now I have less knee-jerk responses, also in my transition into another form of formless expression, um, I think I will have less knee-jerk responses on the situation. Um, and then when people have not practiced, then, you know, it's, um, I would say, well, whatever you felt you did wrong, whatever, is not going to help you now, so you don't need to accumulate it. You can forgive yourself. You know, you can just forgive yourself, and there's going to be a new start. You're probably all going to forget this. It might have an effect in wherever you end up, but you have a new start. And then, and then I would also say I would practice for them, you know. So um, I would sing certain tunes that I believe travel through different dimensions. So I would sing that while they're on the death bath. And so they might find some recognition. And that might even wake them up when they're in those between states. Um, some tunes are terma. So when people, when you put, you put your heart in it and your intention, then the tune, the sound would carry that. Well, that's how I kind of see that anyway. So when I practice, I normally use one of those Tama tunes. But most lineages will have them, especially Dzogchen lineages, you know, because they use the tunes more than than, than chanting itself. Do you have a recording of that anywhere? Maybe uh, I could link to that in the show notes if people would like to listen to listen to a tune like that. Yeah, yeah, I can send you it. But what is the song that you do you think that I, you'll send me, and perhaps you could introduce it with a couple of lines of explanation? I'll put it in at this point. Yes, well, I, I would um, I would sing Yes It's Sovio, the tune of Yes It's Sovio, because um, I feel it has that effect. Um, interesting thing is also, um, for example, in, in Dr. Mira's lineage, the Bamhari Nisa um, are the five Dakini healing mantras. It's also Yasutogo um, is known that she could, um, some people that just died, she could bring them back. Um, so she also has that historical fact. But um, it's mainly feeling, you know. Um, it's very similar to the um, 
the Rinpoche mantra. It has many different layers. I mean, they've written books about it. Um, and I think the Yasasogya mantra also has many different layers of meaning. Um, but instead of either transformation or whatever, you can also um, embody the whole thing and then send it out. You know, and, and sometimes you can even feel it penetrating um, phenomena. Um, it, it, it's um, especially when you do some soul to retreat, you really start feeling it that somehow it has an effect on where the sound goes. And sound can penetrate through everything. Uh, what's also very specific about sound is um, uh, even like normal songs, um, they move you or communicate beyond your conceptual mind. Okay, then in that case, here is the Yeshet Sogyal Mantra. Om So the last question about Jadorje, many people are limiting their social contact and some of them find themselves in isolation, whether that's voluntary isolation or uh, they're required to be in isolation. What advice do you have for those who are in extended seclusion like that? Well, if you're Buddhist, I would go into retreat. <laughs> you know, and do your practices. You know, people find it very difficult to even find a weekend to do a retreat in very busy life. So if you have the opportunity and you're kind of forced in that anyway, make the best out of it. Um, I would say, you know, feeling frustrated um, in that situation is just going to make it worse. Um, especially for your mental state. Um, if you're not a practitioner, um, read books, um, I don't know, do things that uplift you. You know, and um, know you're doing it also for others and you do the best in your capability. Um, I don't know, it's, it's very different if you have um, a lineage of practice uh, behind you and find support in that and already have some experiences in it or um, when you don't have that because normally you don't have that and there's no um, view um, of, of how to die or how to be with discomfort uh, or dis-ease, you know, disease also dis-ease. Um, um, then, of course, it, it's more difficult to stay calm, you know, and then, I don't know, um, those people I would do a few, you know, 
physical practices uh, at home, yeah, of course, because it gives dopamine, you know, um, sing, sing and dance if you can, and do something you really enjoy, write a book that you always wanted to write, or have some books there, or, or um, can even go to Netflix and watch a whole series that normally takes a year, whatever helps, uh, or a combination of those, you know, and I know that this is not forever. People just have to make the best within the situation. I mean, if there's no toilet paper anymore, then you just wash your butt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, 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 um, the, the answers are quite practical, I think. Um, um, and I think when you can find rest within yourself, uh, remain uh, uninvolved into the global panic uh, energy and then you know um, because it's not going to help you anywhere get the information you need and then go into your house or, or wherever you are and then uh, take what you, you need to go through those times do you have any final comments on the topic no i, I would say get all the information you know and and use it in the way we use traffic lights, you know, to take the risk. Uh, but don't go overboard. I mean, um, a whole closet full of toilet paper, um, I'm not sure how much that's going to help you either. Um, and sit it out, you know, um, and, and see what happens. Don't panic, relax. The panic is not going to help and actually makes you more vulnerable. Uh, in many ways, and there's many studies that actually uh, have done on that subject, how um, panic or fear-based um, belief systems are actually uh, having a negative impact on your immune system. And if you have a spiritual practice, um, enter into those practices um, for yourself, for the benefit of your surroundings. Um, the, the more you feel home within a practice, um, and the more confidence you have established within that, um, the more that will have an effect on your surroundings. And um, I think that will be very helpful. So um, if you do that by walking around, or you do it at home uh, with that intention, um, but then that will be part of the collective. So it might balance out the panic slightly. Um, yeah, just be yourself and uh, just one of those things of life and uh, there's always going to be something Bachadorje, thank you very much <laughs> you're most welcome <laughs> thank you for listening to this special edition of the Guru Viking podcast for more information and more episodes in this series visit www.guruviking.com <laughs>